Hey folks, welcome into On to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. And we are here to talk to you today about all things Cubs. You know, I'm I'm thinking at the outset, we were we were doing a little conversing before we record as we do that's when the real juicy stuff comes out it's the the unsafe for podcast uh, stuff but uh no but we were you know when we record these things or when we write our articles or when we send out tweets in this moment in space i was thinking about um some of wilson Contreras's comments uh from this week about how you know the environment the cubs have created with respect to trying to to stay on top of the protocols and keep players and personnel safe that he feels really good about what's going on there at Wrigley. It's just that when he goes outside the ballpark, uh, you know, back and forth from home and what have you, that's when you start to feel maybe not so safe. And that of course engenders the natural conversation about masks and about what we can all be doing to, uh, you know, if, if keeping each other safe is not enough of an impetus, then it's like, okay, well, but you like sports, right? So put on that mask. Let's, let's try to turn the conversation a bit so that sports can happen. And it occurs to me that when we talk about these as media, you, you, you start to get confronted inevitably by the stick to sports stuff. And it's like, aha, but sir, Wilson made the point correctly that the masking stuff now is directly tied to sports. So we get to say whatever we want. Uh, and we'll do a bit of that on this podcast. I, so I mentioned it at the top because, you know, one thing that we wanted to talk about is the Cubs had a uh, another testing delay issue uh, that resulted on Monday in some uh, players and manager David Ross not being able initially to participate in practice. And that in turn led to some conversations about how that would look during the regular season. And so Mooney's going to get into that, but I guess I just wanted to set it up at the top that it's like, anytime we talk about the testing stuff, the masking stuff, the pandemic stuff, the response to it, the messaging from the top, uh, you know, within the government, all of that stuff now is talking about sports. So, you know, you can cram it with your stick to sports because even if, even if we agreed with you that we should stick to sports, we are sticking to sports. So with that, take it away, Patrick. Yes, thank you, Brett, for that wonderful introduction. I uh, totally hear what you're saying. I think we all in this space are dealing with it. Like that would be awesome to, uh, you know, focus on some hitters swing adjustment or some pitchers, you know, pitch grip, whatever. But it's like, if you can't get in the building, if these issues are still happening, like at the exact midpoint of training camp, you know, it sets off alarm bells for me being curious, like, well, are we actually going to watch baseball games this year? And I don't know if this is good news, bad news, but the Cubs were concerned, but also optimistic at the same time that these things would be uh, ironed out, that they're this Utah lab, which I'm told is 99.9% accurate, has been working on ways to become more efficient and decrease these turnaround times. And you know, kind of one way is this pooling technique of kind of taking, the way I understand it is taking a, a small portion of each sample and then testing the, in, putting into a large batch 
is kind of the way it was explained and you can just kind of run all those through at once and if it comes back negative which it should if you're looking at kind of the numbers that the MLB that MLB and the players union have announced and that's a way to get it fast and kind of what happened yesterday uh, what Tommy Hadvi explained on his daily zoom filling in for David Ross is that you know if that batch has a negative they have to kind of redo everything and rework it to try and identify uh which samples if it has a positive were infected exactly so uh five of the six uh were negative one was compromised which doesn't mean it was positive it was just some something wrong uh with the protocol and had to be redone so uh obviously in terms of like sticking to sports uh it's going to be really hard if that day's starting pitcher that day's second baseman uh and like your entire outfield has pending tests uh now the cubs basically their policy uh has been overly conservative and saying if you have a pending test don't show up to work obviously they don't want to amend that policy and say Let's roll the dice and see and hope it comes back uh, if you, negative. If you have a pending and your ERA is under three, <laughs> you know what? You can go ahead and show up. But if you've been pitching poorly, maybe just maybe just take a day. But they think that it can that they're getting to a place where those results will come back um, faster. I know, Brett, you'd mentioned we're kind of curious about like if they have backup plans and things like that they the cubs don't make decisions off those kind of rapid tests they feel like the accuracy is not all the way there it's kind of more uh for peace of mind and things like that and what theo said last week kind of stands in terms of major league baseball went from doing zero covid tests ever to like seventeen thousand, uh whatever in kind of a cycle and that there probably should be some allowances for that since it's only preseason and it's not like the federal government has been able to roll out a comprehensive testing system either. So Major League Baseball should probably be given a little bit of latitude, a little bit of understanding, and the Cubs, for the most part, understand this is a day-to-day operation and they're you know kind of hoping things get better. When I see this, I, I can't help but wonder what happens in the regular season. I mean, I to anyone that that wants to act like this isn't part of the game. I'm just baffled by that. I mean, we can talk about Dwayne Underwood's new curveball, but if he's not available to throw the new curveball, what does it matter? If he can't get in the ballpark, then none of it matters. Like This is the most important thing that's happening right now with regards to baseball is the testing and whether these guys get through uh, clearance and, and can play. Like if, if this is held up, all of all the rest doesn't matter. Like we can't break down the games until, until they're playing, until they're out there. We can't like this is the the one of the most crucial factors in all of this. So when things get held up, it's it has to be a big story. It has to be a, a focus because we, there there's no baseball without it. So that always baffles me when people don't want us to talk about this or, or say stick to baseball. I just don't understand where you're coming from with that because we this is a new world. This isn't we're not talking about off the field issues. This is this is stuff that's that impacts anything that happens on the field. So to ignore it or to pretend that it's not a 
uh, factor in all of this. It seems at best ignorant. Uh, I, I don't know what how how we can go about doing our jobs without uh, talking about this stuff. Uh, you know, it's a. I don't. I, I'm not. I don't. I guess I don't yet have clarity on how this gets fixed quickly. Outside of, it just takes time to get all this right. But I, I, I I'm very curious to see how this plays out during the season. Like Patrick said, you know, if you're missing a bunch of players, uh, for a game, like how does this work out? Like I, I'm just. I I guess right now my biggest question. And Patrick worked on this story. I was off the other day. So I, I don't I don't have as much the same information that Patrick does. So I'm I, I'm just curious to see how this would work out on a game day if this happened, how quickly this can change, and just uh, you know truly the level of concern that they have that this I mean it's not going to just be the Cubs. It's going to be all 30 teams that at times are dealing with these issues. How does how does this work out day to day, game to game, and is this part of the reason why they're like having 30 players? Uh, matters now well and I think there's there's really two related concerns when it comes to the testing impact on player availability like we we came into this and we adjusted to knowing um, that there were going to be some positive tests both in camp and throughout the season and that's going to mean that a player is unavailable uh, for a poten- potentially an extended period of time. But what we're just now adjusting to is this idea that there's this tension between how rapidly does a test need to come back for a team to be comfortable allowing a player to participate, right? Like if if he's had a test outstanding for two days, is it, oh, okay, we should probably, you know, abundance of caution, we should hold those people out. And that's what the Cubs did yesterday, right? But do we really want to tee up a situation to teams? Like I joked about it earlier, but it's quite serious that if during the season your starting pitcher is is two days, you know, delayed on a test coming back, and it's like, well, he's in a he's one of these pools. There was a positive in the pool, but you know, it's it's a hundred people, and they're rerunning the test, and we're supposed to get it back this afternoon, but he's supposed to start at six o'clock tonight. Probably let's let him, you know, do his day, his normal daily work, and and we'll we'll let him go. Like, do we really want teams from a competitive standpoint holding the cards to make that decision when your risk is okay? Maybe we lose a guy for a day versus maybe we let a guy participate and there's a two percent chance that he infects three or four of his teammates. And, and I just feel like you've got to take that out of the team's hands. Um, so I was, you know, heartened to see that the Cubs made the right choice but it, a part of me was like wait a minute that's a choice that they had to make like that just seems it's easy in practice but man that's crazy when the season starts it's harder to make that decision yeah in the season right it's easy to make that decision during uh you know this training camp time like of course that's that's a no-brainer right now once the season starts i don't yeah I, the fact that it's up to the teams, it, it almost, I guess there's like this give and take here, right? You brought it, you, you mentioned it. It's like, there's this, they've been promised every other day tests with the test results coming back every other day, right? Every two days you're getting test results and you're getting tested. Uh, is it, I mean, if you wait an extra day, I mean, your last test was obviously negative. I guess when it's, there's just so much to, to consider here and there's, it, it just makes it, it makes it I don't love that it's in the team's hands to make these decisions. There should be stricter rules here 
so we're not so there's no risk of making a decision based on wins and losses and the number one factor should be player safety and health right but when it comes to competition these guys are ultra competitive things can take over different decision making processes can be uh you know kind of <laughs> gummed up in a sense and and you're and you're making a decision based on we need to win this game uh, and i'm not just talking about like opening day what if this is happening in september down the stretch and you're two games out and you're playing the team that's ahead of you now you have you know you darvish's test is pending and you're he's your best pitcher and uh oh, do we start him today and risk losing this game? Uh, I mean, and you know, and have our best pitcher out there, or do we sit him because the test is pending and risk losing the game and falling further out of the playoff race? I don't want that to be any sort of factor in the decision making process, right? Yeah, and I think to be clear, I don't think we. Kn- I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of every single protocol here all i know is from a cubs perspective that has been uh their policy to kind of hold out um individuals who have pending tests and you know i think we saw the frustration from chris bryant and david ross uh off of the initial tests and the transitions from the intake to the every other day monitoring process and we did not see or get that sense of frustration um yesterday it was this messaging of an abundance of caution uh kind of reminders of how unprecedented this undertaking is and kind of allowances for uh a learning curve and that you know theo has referred to his comments from last week of how that even within one week the testing system had made huge strides and i think i don't know this is a concession for the people to stick to baseball maybe i'm being overly optimistic here but that you know there is time to get this uh ironed out that they have you know you're talking about multiple multi-billion dollar organizations and like one of the most powerful if not the most powerful union in the history of organized labor like signing off on these protocols they have uh, you know, a ton of experts working on this um, and that hopefully it does get to a place where these decisions are not kind of made on an ad hoc basis, that that there is, the, the testing gets to a place where it's, you know, kind of obvious who's in and who's out and that gray area is eliminated. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we don't want to be become too cynical to the point where we don't recognize that like, yeah, there's, for as important as it is to tee up these issues and have this conversation, there are a lot of experts working on this and there's a lot of money at stake to get this right. And it's not as if, you know, think about the, the competitiveness angle actually works to, to aid in safety also, because you're going to have a lot of teams that are going to want other teams to do it the right way because they don't want other teams getting an unfair edge. So I think that'll, that'll probably help. And, um, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pause this for a second, folks, because I want to uh, drop a quick line here about a reality that whether we're going to an office still these days, whether we're just spending a lot more time around our family, maybe even especially if we're spending a lot more time around our family, 
But, you know, you still got to think about how you smell. Yeah, that's right. I'm talking about how you smell. Uh, and so I want to mention one of our sponsors here because Hawthorne smells really good. And additionally, you want to smell good at home. You want to smell good at work. Hawthorne helps you smell really good. And it's getting, you know, getting it is really easy. Okay. Because what you do is you're going to take a quick two minute quiz. Hawthorne's going to tell you the two types of colognes that are best for you. Maybe one for work, one for play. Uh, you're just going to answer some questions. And so it's going to be tailored to you. That's the nice thing. And it's totally risk-free, free shipping, free returns, all that good stuff. So check out Hawthorne at Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and a .co, not a .com. Hawthorne.co. And use the promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co. And use the promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase at Hawthorne.co. So, gents, uh, transitioning slightly from the testing-related protocol stuff, um, this almost harkens in a way back to what I mentioned about Wilson Contreras' comments about feeling comfortable at Wrigley Field. I, I found it interesting this week to hear from you, Darvish, about, um, well, about a lot of this stuff. I mean, he's always very candid, very thoughtful. Um, you know, I'll always, when we think about this year, and we think about the pandemic, and we think about its relationship to baseball, you um, Darvish will all, often come to mind for me, both because he was the first player that was discussing this topic all the way back at the Cubs convention in January, when it was, it was still a virus that was, you know, we were observing in the news in Japan, or excuse me, not in Japan, in China, and uh, the Asian countries that were dealing with it. I think there was a natural nexus for folks to want to ask you, Darvish, and I know he had done some traveling, so it was, it was sort of more of a, uh, not a lighter conversation, but it wasn't really within the context of, oh, what's going to happen if this comes stateside? Uh, and then obviously he dealt with an illness in spring training and he, you know, reserved himself because he was exercising extra caution again about something that I don't know that a lot of people were thinking as cautiously about at the time as they should have been. And so, um, I'm just, I'm going to think about that perspective when I look back on this year and thinking about how clearly, how seriously and thoughtfully he was taking this long before a lot of other people and so when he talked about the decision on playing this year and his level of comfort, uh, I thought it was very interesting to hear what he had to say, uh, tying his own comfort to what he was seeing around him uh, from his teammates. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, when you hear Darvish, I mean, just what you said, when you hear Darvish say that he's comfortable around this group right now and and he's seeing things that gives him a little more confidence to to stick around and to want to play i i think his his basic message was you know he wasn't 100 he wanted to come and see what it was like he wanted to he wanted to see what the environment was going to be like honestly that's how i felt by you know before coming to the ballpark i was like i want to see how it's going to be i want to see what the setup is how do i feel am i comfortable in this environment that sounded kind of like what Darvish was saying. Let me see what this is like. Let's see how seriously everyone else is taking this, and and I'll proceed from there. And I think he was I, – I think fans and all of us should be heartened by the fact that he's comfortable with this because he – like you said, he was taking this seriously – before any of us were at least, you know, 99% of the people around the game, sure, uh, certainly. Uh, I mean, 
that was a different world back then. We were going right up to Darvish in the clubhouse and asking him about coronavirus. And, and obviously that, that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, the fact that he feels comfortable uh, at Wrigley around his teammates is a, is a big positive sign as far as how seriously the Cubs are taking this, how seriously uh, the players are taking this. Hopefully that continues. Hopefully that's at least the case in majority of clubhouses. Obviously there's going to be players that just aren't going to take it as seriously. I think there's just, that's just inevitable. But the fact that the Cubs are doing so and that Darvish feels comfortable, I think is a good sign for uh, going forward and, and hoping that, you know, guys on the Cubs feel comfortable, that there's no opting out, uh, you know, unless it gets to a situation where it's just uh, untenable and, and people don't feel comfortable for things outside of their control. Uh, that that should be a good sign that the Cubs are are all in and, and nobody's considering opting out. Nobody is putting anyone at risk to, to create a situation where there's an outbreak or, or issues with coronavirus at, at Cubs camp. I like doing this kind of annual feature that I think I stole from Sully because he just stopped doing it, but like a year in quotes. And so I think I might have to do like great moments in Zoom. And one of them is Darvish in a mask, just leaning in saying, I'm not speaking English today <laughs> was how he answered. I think the first question, uh, which was understandable given the gravity of the situation and uh, not maybe wanting to uh, say the wrong thing at this time. But yeah, I think there were a few takeaways. One, the Cubs have <clears throat> checked all the boxes for Darvish. I thought he was still honest, even though he was speaking through a translator, um, saying, you know, uh, that he <clears throat> had at least, you know, thought about opting out, but was not anticipating it at this point. And I think that's probably the honest answer for every single person if you put him um, kind of on a lie detector test. I think that's kind of what the answer would be. And I think it's also important too, to not kind of bury the lead in terms of, he said, I'm ready to pitch right now. I'll be ready to go once the season starts. And, you know, he was certainly <clears throat> aware of COVID, but he's not like Dr. Fauci. Like he's a baseball player. He loves baseball. He wants to pitch and they've seen, you know, kind of, everything you could have hoped to have seen under these circumstances. I think the Cubs have seen it so far. And I think, yeah, if, if there is a season, it would be really awesome to watch him, you know, pitch 12 times in a 60 game season. I think the Cubs would feel pretty good about that. If, you know, one that a season is completed and that if Darvish throws 12 times and pitches like he did last year, then the Cubs are going to be in a really good place. Yeah, never to lose sight that it was we we sometimes have to what say it to ourselves. It's not stick to sports, but like, hey, remember there's some sports there too. And um, you know, getting to watch you Darvish pitch this year is like one of the things that gets me extra tingly about like, okay, can we please have a baseball season? Because man, I really, really want to watch that guy after his second half last year and what he was working on this spring and adding the Supreme, his new eleventh pitch. Um, and so, uh, you know, we hope we can do that starting in about 10 days. And it's like Patrick said, like Darvish said, it's important to remember this is an ongoing conversation and you can't say that, okay, everyone's here and they've decided not to opt out. And that's going to be that. Um, because, uh, also like Sahadev said, it's, it's an evaluation of like, okay, how do I feel today? How do I feel about this? And I think we'll probably have a little bit more of that 
when we get to the first exhibition games that are going to be coming up for teams around the game in a few days, um, because that'll be different. There will be an injection of some kind of difference and players will again have to evaluate, okay, how do I feel about the way this is playing out, how the protocols are being observed. Um, then you get travel injected and that's a whole additional thing. And um, yeah, I think that it's fair to treat it that way, but it was, it was good to hear from Darvish in a very thoughtful way. So uh, we'll look forward to that and we will be back at you later this week, folks. Uh, this is on to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at the athletic. Uh, I am Brett Taylor. You can catch my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That's Patrick Mooney and Sahadev Sharma. Get their great stuff at The Athletic. Make sure you're subscribing to listen to us. We're available anywhere. I mean, just find us. We're there. Um, but you can always listen on The Athletic app, too. That's awesome. And we'll be back at you soon. So thanks and take care, all. Take care, all.